What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike, with me is Kevin Josh. Coming up, we're going to talk all about the Peace on the Pitch event. We'll break down the latest Hounds roster news and more. Let's go! Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, the craziest sequence of events we've seen in, all, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle, back to So as I listen to the intro, it dawns on me that that's now like three years old. I'm wondering if we need a new like like to add to the to do list for the off season is like should it be get a new intro or I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, I, it's I don't know. It's hard. It's one of the things where I feel so attached to the intro and like it has Miracle on the Mon in there. It has a lot of good sound clips. It's gonna be rough. It's gonna be hard to get a better drop than that one. There were a couple times that I think like Paul and Gene and Matt said something this season that I was like, ooh, that would be a good clip. And then I just like let it go. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, maybe we'll talk to Matt and be like, Matt, were there any you know great drops that you thought well, when you were recording them? Maybe we'll get them in there and do that. What, do you, uh, what are you thinking about the let's go, Mike? Do you think that needs uh no, that has to stay. That, that one cannot go. <laughs> I love this too because, like, um, this is the first time I've brought this up. I never brought it up off air. I wanted to see their reaction uh, while we're recording. I, I mean, Kev, look, look, you, you know, because we went through like when we were doing like early round testing of like what good intros. We went through like five or six intros. We we're like, nah, that doesn't work. Nah, that one doesn't work either. <laughs> Um, I didn't know this. This is oh, great. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, just, like, I know, but you're making it sound like we were up until two with like black coffee. And, you, know, <laughs> you weren't. He was. Yeah, he was talking to yeah, the mirror by himself. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some lost audio file somewhere of me just going, "Let's go." No, that's not. That's not <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm open to to mixing things up here. Um, yeah. Let us tweet know. In. Let, tweet yeah. in with your suggestions. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Um, guys, happy early Thanksgiving. I know by the next time, by, you know, it feels like everybody's already leapfrogged Thanksgiving anyway. I think my, my wife read something somewhere where, like, Thanksgiving has become uh, that guy in, like, the romantic comedy that you know that the main female lead is not going to end up with, but is, like, really, really nice <laughs> and, like, probably should and everybody roots for, but in the end he doesn't stand a chance at all. Like, that's what Thanksgiving has sort of become. People just jump frog or leapfrog and go straight to Christmas. Um, so Christmas is the guy he the guy she ends up with. Yes, yeah, mm. that's 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 how it goes. But um, guys, what are your what are your what are your big plans for Thanksgiving, Kev? What are you and uh, and Riley up to this year? Uh, I think we're actually going to try to take it light. Last year we've done a lot of cooking in the kitchen and kind of spent the spent the day in the apartment. But I think this year we're gonna maybe cook one or two side dishes and then order some like prepped food, maybe a pie, and then. Uh, spend the extra time out hiking and the Smokies. Um, so get away from the crowds and just spend a, spend a day in the mountains. I think that's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds nice. Josh, what are you and Liz doing? The exact opposite. Uh, she's already <laughs> cooking right now for Thanksgiving. There's pies going in the oven. Oh, man. She's, she's making out the game plan, all the different sides. Like there's like 10 sides and we have a friendsgiving at our house every year so we have people come over i think we're doing about 10 people or so this year so yeah it, it's already full swing command center down in the kitchen right now that's awesome that's very exciting 
Yeah, we uh, we typically go um, to my brother-in-law's house, but they recently moved and uh, basically just aren't in a state to have people. So we're going to be hosting this year, which is the first time. Like, I've never roasted a turkey before. Like, I don't know how this goes. So, um, but I think we're going to have 19 people here on Thanksgiving. So we it was the same way today. We got a, we got the turkey. Uh, we started brining a turkey, which I've never done that before either. Like put it in a bag with a whole bunch of stuff and it's now in our fridge, just sort of waiting there, like hanging out, taking a bath, waiting for us to pull it out in a few days and go from there. So it's the point of the brine to make the turkey taste like something different. Is that, is that the point of the brine? I have no idea. All I know. Or juicy. Yeah, all I know is that our other brother uh, basically has this recipe that he's used for the past few years, and the turkeys turn out amazing. So I'm just following that <laughs> recipe because otherwise I have no friggin' clue what I'm doing. So yeah, I believe it has something to do with the skin to make the skin taste different. Uh, is what the brine's doing. Yeah, it's interesting because like you have to brine it, and then I think like the night before I gotta take it out and like pat it dry, but then like rub it with butter and like other stuff too so like there's a whole it's a whole thing um, yeah. imagining one of your children coming down at like midnight into the kitchen and, <laughs> and, seeing there, daddy and there i am and like <laughs> rub was a that? turkey down with butter what was that movie ghost where they were doing like the pottery yeah. where like it's me with the turkey just rubbing the, the butter and the spices into it uh patrick swayze and the turkey. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listening to the terrible 80s music. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I'm going to be spending my week leading up to Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Do you, I mean, so, okay. I guess in for you guys, where does Thanksgiving sort of rank in sort of the, the order of holidays? Is it in your, like, top three? Is it your top two? I mean, for myself, I feel like, so I used to work retail, and Liz and I, we moved farther away from home, so, like, I could never get home for Thanksgiving, and now I can, but we started this tradition of doing, you know, this Thanksgiving for all of our friends who don't go home, so it's become kind of, like, this tradition and a thing now, and so, to me, at least, like, Thanksgiving is kind of, like, the one holiday that's not just... I mean, it sounds bad, but the one holiday where it's not family, <laughs> it's more friends. So it's kind of cool to be able to like have Thanksgiving and have like a whole different feel than all the other holidays for us. So it's pretty up there for me. Yeah. Kev, how about you? Yeah, it feels like there's not a lot of pressure to enjoy Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? I feel like with a lot of other holidays, there's a pressure of this has to be one of the best nights of your life this year or something like that. And it's like... No, like Thanksgiving, you're just, all right, let's just have, have some food and enjoy the fall weather, watch Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and uh, and enjoy it. That's that's kind of how I view it. So, yeah, I, I like Thanksgiving a lot. I'm, I'm laughing because Thanksgiving is one of the few holidays you don't come into town for. So I feel like you're saying, <laughs> like, this is one of the holidays I don't have to spend with my family, so it's low-key. So it's, like, my favorite. It's the best. I mean, that's yeah, what I was saying. <laughs> Like outside of that, though, I think generally, you know, I mean, like there, like you said before, there is a, you know, more than a month build up to Christmas. And like, so there's there's pressure there. Like if you have a bad, we were preparing a month for this. How can you have a bad, you can't have a bad night. It has to be a made Thanksgiving kind of just slides right in there. And it's, you know, it's, it's like, oh, Thanksgiving, sweet. We get to. That is true. I think a lot of people get pumped for Halloween. Like there's a lot of decorations for Halloween and like you go into 
Lowe's or Home Depot and it's all Halloween stuff. And then like, there's no Thanksgiving stuff. You just leapfrog and go straight into Christmas. So yeah, I guess in a way Thanksgiving sort of just slides in there. Yeah, you just turn the jack-o'-lanterns around, so you start pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Throw some leaves around them and announce a Thanksgiving display. <laughs> I don't know. It's also it's kind of weird now. I think about like uh, most of the other holidays have been kind of turned into corporate type things. Like there's a lot of like stuff to buy around them. And I know Thanksgiving, obviously, turkeys, food, that kind of stuff. It's a different type of consumer, but it, it's doesn't feel as I guess just a. Uh, like commercialized monetized. Yeah. yeah commercialized monetized like it doesn't feel like it's it's as much of a business as yeah. it does when it comes to all the other holidays that we celebrate yeah I, i'll agree with that and I, I guess i'd have to say that it's it's up there for me i like all of the fall holidays um so you know is it in my top three maybe i don't know the two that exist what are the other <laughs> well, i mean there's <laughs> When I say fall, I sort of meant like end of the year. Like it feels like once you get to October, it's just sort of like rolling holidays. You have, you know, October's Halloween, November's Thanksgiving, December's Christmas. They're just boom, 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 boom. So like I like all of them. Um, I'd probably say Thanksgiving is probably my third favorite, maybe. Um, I'm not a huge turkey person. So I know like some people it's like that's that's the main thing. Like you have to have, you know three different kinds of turkeys or whatever but it's all about the sides you gotta do like the stuffing and the corn casserole and the yeah, green bean casserole and a lot of casseroles now i'm thinking about yeah. it <laughs> yeah and i'm big on pumpkin pie especially with my mom made so uh backstory we have uh my brother's dog is back with us for a few more days and when he brought him in my brother my our other brother is in florida right now he won't be here for thanksgiving so my parents came up and we did like an early thanksgiving on thursday i think it was my mom brought this homemade whipped cream that had some rum in it oh man nice like you put that on some pumpkin pie and it was like <laughs> it was choice um so yeah okay i guess you can tell it's an off-season podcast <laughs> we just spent what 10 minutes talking about thanksgiving and holidays yep. quality content coming That's from mongols right. today uh, man let's uh let's talk about some actual soccer um the uh the piece on the pitch event was this past sunday josh i believe you have something for us there it is victory beverage the <laughs> one game that mongols had we beat the steel army i can't remember what the score was um kev the sort it was of like four to two yeah I think. yeah so kev the sort of paint the picture for you what happened was um the way that everything was set up it was a really great event uh tons of teams lots of people there uh basically they split the field into quarters um, so, you know, if you basically split the field in half and you split that in half. And so there were four mini fields, but they had full size goals on each of them. And they started the day with, uh, it seemed like the U6, U8 kids. It was probably U8, U8, U10. I don't think there was any U6 there. And they sort of played and they were all 15 minute games. Um, and that was it. Everybody got one 15 minute game. And so we all got there early. We were there at noon. Um, we were supposed to play at 2.30 and I don't think we ended up playing until after 3.00 just because everything sort of got bumped back. But by the time we played, we were the like only game going. It was Mongols versus Steel Army, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, we sort of had a pact that as we got to the last, what was it, two minutes? So it was 7v7. We said when we get to the last two minutes, just like, Heck with it, throw everybody on the field. And it just became like straight chaos. And so... <laughs> little kids joined in. Yeah, little kids it was, it was hilarious. It was nuts. Um, 
Uh, Josh, you and Liz jumped in as our coach. Shu jumped in for the Steel Army. Yeah. Um, and somebody... Did we ever find out who was up in the booth? I can't remember who it was. No, I, I did know, but I, I... Yeah, anyway, the guy in the booth was totally doing commentary for our game. It was the only time he did commentary. Because <laughs> he was just like, oh, well, Steel Army and the Mongols, guys. I mean, it's 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 pretty much... The place didn't empty out completely. Yeah. There was still a good amount of people there. But it was, it was far less packed than it was at the beginning of the the day and so yeah the, he starts giving you know kind of like announcer type stuff going on and telling Shu he can't get on the field and, yeah. <laughs> and they added Just, they added was yeah. it 10 or 15 minutes no, they didn't add 15 minutes they added five more minutes onto our our 15 minute yeah uh and that's for, so for like the last five minutes is when we had everyone on the field and uh, i can't remember i think it was the u8 girls or something like that for the hounds they came on the field and started playing for the steel for the steel army side it was it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it was nice. packed. Like imagine have a quarter of a field with, you know, essentially, ten v ten plus three or four additional kids. Um, so there was not a lot of room for really anything, and it was a lot of chaos. A lot of people running into each other, but um, overall, it was a lot of fun. There was there's a lot of pictures floating around online um, of both our team, Steel Army team. Um, I think Mark Goodman, um, the, the Riverhounds rabbi, uh, he wrote an article for Pittsburgh Soccer Now and took some pictures. He ended up playing with us at the end, which was fantastic. Got to hang out with him a little bit. Um, Matt Geica, who uh, is the play-by-play guy for the Hounds, he came out and played with us. So that was a lot of fun to get to meet him and talk to him in person a little bit and then play. Um, just overall, it was just a, it was a really, really great event. Um, we talked to the general manager, uh, Kevin Johnston, a little bit about you know, we should make this like a yearly event and potentially change, you know, who the donations go to each year. Um, you know, I think Laura Allen had the idea of if we did it at the same time, like the food bank would be a fantastic one right before Thanksgiving. Because the 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 event itself raised, I think they said $20,000 um, to be split between um, the Jewish Foundation and the, the first responders. So just overall, it was really great. It was great to see so many people come out and just, be there to have fun there were no refs so a lot of it was just screw around and have fun um yeah but overall it was a really good time it's a good time to get out and see everybody and um you know yeah do you remember how much they raised i, th- I think it was like twenty thousand thirty thousand i can't remember they announced twenty thousand and i think okay, i think 000. mark put in the article twenty thousand but i don't i don't know if the hounds ever actually came out and said that was the final number so um yeah it was it was really really cool. So kudos to the team for pulling that off. You know, Kevin was or Kevin Johnson was saying that you know they sort of pulled together within a week and made the announcement and everything went down. And so you know I think this could be an amazing thing if they continue doing this moving forward. You know, have a little more time to plan stuff out. Um, you know, we floated the idea of maybe doing the kids on a Saturday and the adults on a Sunday, give everybody a few more games. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a blast. So thanks again to the Hounds for organizing it. Uh, it was a really good time. Um, a bit of a practical question. How was the pitch? <laughs> um, it honestly, it, like it, at least where we were playing, it wasn't terrible. But I also don't have much to compare it to in terms of turf. Like I don't play on a lot of turf. So the quadrant that we were in didn't seem that bad. Um, right. I did notice, like, as we were stretching, I was getting the little, like, uh, plastic pellets, like, all stuck in my hands and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's to be expected of most turf fields. Yeah, that's 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 the the common with that field at well, all pitch 
uh, you know, tr- artificial turfs. Tr- so yeah, yeah. Now it's because I know I, I think we've even talked about it on this podcast. But yeah, the conversations around pitch quality going into the next season, all that kind of stuff. Not trying to, to detract at all from from the event or anything like that. But yeah, I was just curious since you guys got to actually like you know stand on it and. Yeah kick a ball that was rolling on it like <laughs> what the conditions were and everything yeah no it was it was fun um and like i said it, it, it would be good in the future to get you know a few more minutes or a few more games in um because it they're really with four games going on there's like nowhere to warm up so like it felt like when you're playing that's sort of the first time you're actually like playing but that really only impacts us old guys who don't play regularly not he's <laughs> not like you know robert morris who had a team out there that was playing as well so um but enough about this. Let's talk. There was some other news. Tuffy teased that uh, there would be news, and there sure was news. Um, the day after we released, or I guess the day, well, it depends on when you listen to it. Last uh, Tuesday, the Hounds announced that they have picked up the option on 11 players from last season. So if you think back to last year <clears throat> in terms of player news, obviously there was a lot going on with Lily coming in, and he had to make a lot of decisions about things. But I don't think we actually had player news until mid-December. Because I kind of remember that last show that we did of 2017 was when we sort of knew who the guys were coming back. And we had Toby on. We had Kay on. We were able to get Kevin on. Because that was all sort of announced that week. Um, But, you know, here we are mid-November. And we already know we got 11 guys back. Um, So basically the way it works is that everybody last season was signed to a one-year deal with an option for 2019. So that essentially means that the team sort of has the first right of refusal for all of the players that they have whenever an option comes into play. So all of these players uh, basically couldn't go looking for another team unless the Hounds told them, hey, we're not going to pick up your option. Otherwise, the Hounds basically had the first right of refusal for them. So the 11 players that were announced, there were two forwards, Nico Brett and Francois. The midfielders are Dabo, Forbes, Frankie, and Kevin Kerr. The defenders are Toby Adewale, Dover, Greenspan, and Tommy V. And the keeper was Kyle Morton. Um, And then the other news was that they officially signed Forbes to a one-year deal with another one-year option, meaning that we have him definitively for 2019 and have the option on him for 2020. Everybody else, as far as we know right now, we only have through 2019. Forbes, we have the option on for 2020. Um, Guys, uh, you know, of, of everybody that was announced... Um, obviously there's some players that I didn't mention there. Notable players whose options were not picked up include Parks, Banjo, Zemanski, uh, Joe Holland, Hugh Roberts, which, you know, we've all sort of become close with Hugh, uh, Andrew Lubon, Pratzner, and Dan Lind. His, his option wasn't picked up as well. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, it, it feels like, you know, the, the 11 that were announced give us sort of a solid core. Josh, are th- is there anybody that you were sort of overly surprised wasn't one of those 11? Um, I mean, I, I kind of, it's one of those, like we talked about it earlier, where this team felt pretty solid. And it, it's one of those things where no one really, I mean, a couple of people who didn't really ever get on the field, okay, but for the most part, it felt like it was a pretty solid team. So it really, it's hard to say which ones are big deals that we didn't sign without knowing who they have the plan to sign instead. You know what I mean? So yes, it feels like a big deal that like, like Dan Lynn felt like he was obviously a great keeper. He 
almost got the golden glove. But at the same time, would he have ever started if Kyle Morton was healthy? And now that Kyle Morton is healthy, does this mean, you know, maybe this is better for Lynn because he's not going to be the starter if Morton's healthy and he's proven he should be a starter. So maybe it's better that he gets to go play somewhere where he will be a starter instead of being second fiddle to Morton. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit off there. I don't know when it was, but there are some rumors floating around that the Hounds may be interested in another keeper, which it feels like would sort of bump Dan Lynn down to third string in the uh, in the roster. And for somebody of his talent, like you said, he was up for Golden Glove. It, this is more of a, like, it would be better for you professionally to go somewhere else. Not, you're not good enough to play here. Just like, you know, you need to go get minutes somewhere else. And we think that, you know, Morton and whoever this other person may be, um, you know, you wouldn't get the time that you should get to continue to develop. So I think that one sort of makes sense. Kev, is there well, any... Go ahead. I was going to say, let me ask you guys this, though. But, I mean, say both of them were re-signed. I'm guessing you both would have still had Lind as the number one keeper, right? No. I, I think a healthy Morton really? plays first. Yeah. I mean, the, the little we saw him, yeah, it's hard to tell. But from what I've been told by Coach and, like, what I've heard and what we did get to see of him, he's a damn good keeper so i am I'm, I'm thinking that morton healthy definitely starts the game yeah and it I, I remember having the conversation of like when dan lynn got put in and we were just like oh oh man like i just, <laughs> i don't know what's gonna happen and i mean he he did fantastic but um yeah i don't yeah, know I think, I think for, for, for me it's just so i don't know yeah like josh you already said i mean he was so close to being statistically the best keeper in the USL. And then to say, nah, he's not even the best keeper on our team. And in fact, we dropped him. I mean, like, I, I get where you guys are coming from. And I, yeah, I do remember a lot of positive things from Kyle Morton, too. But I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I think when we were having the conversations at the end of the season, I don't know. I don't want to accuse you guys. <laughs> but I feel like, I, no, don't it's legit. He, I don't know if he would have been like this at the, at the end of the season. I don't know. No, I mean, like, something to keep in mind, though, is he had the best record. Uh, that's what Golden Glove sure. is. But yeah. it's, if you actually look at his saves versus the other keepers, he had less. If you look at, like, it was more that we had a good team, a good defensive team. Not so much that the linchpin was Lynn. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, he was a great keeper. And I, I think he deserved it. Uh, Golden Glove. I wish he wouldn't have played that one game, would have gotten it. But <laughs> it is what it is. And uh, yeah, I I don't think he's a bad keeper at all. And I think he is good enough to start. But I still think Morton would have been just a solid, if not more so. Yeah. And Kev, there were a couple games I remember where we were like, oh, you know, there was nothing Lynn could have done there. And you're sitting back on, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm saying I'm saying that about pretty much every keeper in the world. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think any keeper in the world yeah. has a perfect season. So, like, it's – but, yeah, no. I mean, so, for me, yeah, the I was surprised at seeing Dan Lynn go. But, Josh, as you kind of already alluded to, I mean, I think it's kind of difficult to know and to judge the re-signings and releases without knowing more information or, or knowing the context around the situation. I mean, it might be something like – yeah, it might, it might be something that, and I'm, I'm using Dan Lynn as an example, but you can say this about pretty much any of the players um, of, you know, maybe we have pretty good depth in this position and 
some other team, you know, there's an opportunity for them to go to some other team that they prefer. He has an honest conversation with Lily and says, hey, you know, I'd really like to go and play for this other, you know, opportunity. And, you know, they, Lily lets him go with his blessing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's tons of things that, that could be happening around the scenes that we just don't know of. Um, I think it's probably for the majority of these players, it is probably just a case of, yeah, Lily doesn't think we can progress next season um, with, with these guys in the squad, you know, in the context of with the new players he wants to bring in. Um, but there could be other you know things going on. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm really interested to see where some of these guys end up going. Because, yeah, I mean, I think obviously Hugh Roberts, you know, has a career. Dan Lynn has a career. Zemanski has a career. Um, Does he? Zemanski? I'm wondering. I'm wondering what his health is. I'm yeah, wondering I mean, if I, his pro career is waning now, yeah. and this is a sign of that. I mean, I, I think I mean he definitely has the quality to play. Like he, no, he, has, no. he has enough quality to play at the very least in the USL. Yeah, may, maybe his fitness is getting a little lacking, but you could still see him maybe like in a team that maybe plays a little slower play, a slower pace, likes to control the ball. I can kind of, you know, I could see him being a pretty big uh, part of a system like that. Maybe we're just not going to play a system like that. Well, and I think it also depends on where he plays. I think that when he was sort of our holding midfielder, we talked about this with Danny Earls, where it was, you know, Danny Earls, maybe the fitness wasn't there, but he could still play sort of that holding position and sort of be that destroyer. And I think Ben could still be that. I think what happened here, and we talked about this a little bit, was that Dabo came back and was healthy. And he was clearly sort of coach's choice to play that position, which pushed Zemanski mm-hmm. further up the field, which requires a lot more mobility. And maybe that's where things started to fall off a bit. I mean, the fact that Dabo has been re-signed, it sort of is, it shows that coach sort of thinks that, you know, he may be that holding position, you know, moving forward. Speaking of the midfield, another resign, Kevin Kerr. That That's uh, huge, I feel like. I the, We were kind of thinking maybe he was on his way out, maybe not going to play pro anymore. But no, he's back for another season, and I'm ecstatic. Kevin, how are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we definitely missed him at the end of last season. No, I mean, I'm excited to, to see him. I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm kind of fascinated at this re. It almost feels like, an, and I could be really wrong here. Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost feels like now at this point in his career, it's almost like every season is a potential rebirth for Kevin Kerr. I mean, he obviously didn't hit the heights that he wanted to hit last season, um, through you know through injury and just from a number standpoint. Um, so obviously he's going to be looking at you know playing playing more games next season. That's going to be a target for him, I'm sure. Getting more goals and assists, that's going to be a target for him for sure. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how he kind of fits in a Lily system because I, st- I I don't know. It, it, it feels like I mean because all of, all of this is baked in the context of how we finished last season and obviously he didn't play a lot at the end of last season. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you go back and look at the numbers, how many games he uh, Kerr actually played last season. It's probably more than I'm thinking. Yeah, and I mean, also just with him, you have to wonder if next season he is a starter or if he's more of the, you know, the veteran player who's giving the speeches in the locker room and also being there during practice and helping the guys along and is there when you're, you know, in a bind, but isn't necessarily the guy who is in the starting 11. Uh, I I would be happy to see him in the starting 11, but I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be his role going forward. Yeah. I think also, I, I think, I forget which podcast we did this, but we went when we went around the table and asked if you can only bring one player back. I think everyone that we said was brought back, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Which you know, 
speaks to Did our Did I say Hugh? Knowledge. I might have said Hugh, actually. Yeah, I think I think out of all of them, Hugh might have been the only one that uh, really? okay. that somebody may have mentioned that wasn't brought back. So, yeah. I think what's interesting, and, you know, maybe this is just me sort of nitpicking here, but the fact that, well, first of all, when you sort of look back, and we may have alluded to this on the show, when you look back at sort of Francois' tweets, um, we sort of felt like yeah. the writing on the wall was that he was not coming back. Uh, and pretty early on after the season was over. So I was a bit surprised to see that he was re-signed. But otherwise, the fact that we listed him as a forward, like I think for the majority of the games, we sort of brought him back as a midfielder. And I'm wondering if this isn't sort of a subtle little nod to maybe what Lily might have in mind going into 2019. Um, I don't know. I mean, right now we have enough to play a 4-4-2. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we know Lily's not going to stick to any of that. Um, but I'm happy to see that Brett's back. Um, I, I think that he, he sort of ran hot and cold this season, and I don't think it was, I don't think it was largely his fault. I think a lot of times it was just sort of we weren't doing what we needed to get him the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we sort of fix that. Um, the midfield it feels is solid. You know, like you said, if if, if Kerr's coming off the bench for something like Forbes, like that's some crazy depth for sort of a number ten. And then, you know, back at defense, I'm, I think I'm really happy. I, I think we were all sort of expecting Greenspan, Tommy V to come back. I think to- Toby Adewale is a pleasant surprise. I think I was a bit unsure about that. And I'm really happy to have Jordan Dover back. Um, I think he showed flashes of sort of greatness um, for that outside position that often doesn't get a lot of recognition. So, yeah. What about uh, Luban not coming back? Do you, I've, I feel like he, he was there for a lot of the games, and he was oh. – doing good so not having Lubon back and also Ray Lee Ray Lee was a starter he was a guy who I felt like was reliable um I just yeah I don't know it, again it's hard to tell what to feel without knowing the rest of the team and who we're going to be signing this could be a whole another Soto situation where we're all depressed that he doesn't get signed but better players do come in yeah yeah it's interesting I, I think what would be cool is we should look back on sort of the previous years and see if there's another season where we've brought back so many players. Because it feels like every year we're like, oh, it'd be great to have back these guys and this guy. And then it's like a, we have like four or five guys back from the year before. And then it's just everything else is a clean slate. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that we got 11 guys back and, and they could end up being sort of the core of this team moving forward. And like you said, it'll be really interesting to see where Lily sort of um, – uh, not, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this, but uh, improves, I guess, each of the positions. I was trying to think of a flashier way to say that. Improves <laughs> is very basic. Um, uh, here's a good question. Who on this team that got re-signed was on the team two years ago? Uh, Kevin Kerr. Toby. And I think Kevin. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. It. yeah. that's it. Those are only two players that are, wow, that's kind of crazy to think. Yeah. And the only guys that would have, that, I guess would have been on the team if they were re-signed would have been Parks and Banjo. So there were really only four possibilities and uh, only two are left from the Dave Brandt era. So, yeah, well, I guess technically Greenspan as well because he, he had that loan oh, stint yeah. with us. But Okay, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, full-time Adewale and, and Kerr. Good call. Thoughts on Parks? Anyone? Thoughts on Parks? <laughs> the Parks experiment? It's over. I was saying, Mike, uh, you don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, he obviously he never performed the way that we thought he could, and the flashes that we saw before the incident 
that he was performing. So it, it just, he never got back to that playing level, which was, you know, we were kind of waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. And it just never happened. I don't know if it was the pressure of playing in the same team that you had the incident at. Maybe that wasn't the best decision. Um, or maybe his playing style just completely changed after the incident on life circumstances, so forth and so on. So I'm, I'm sad that it never did work for him, but I do think it's going to be a better team without him. Yeah, I agree. And I guess I'm, I'm, I'm waiting because the thing is, is that even though we didn't pick up the options on these guys, that's not to say that they couldn't re-sign with the team at some point. Like I know last year, we didn't pick up the option on most of the guys. And then Lily basically was like, hey, show up to tryouts and we'll like put you through the ringer. And if you make it, you make it. And that's that's what happened with um, actually Ben Fitzpatrick was with the team the year before. And he ended up oh, yeah. making the squad last year as well. So um, I, I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know if guys are going to look elsewhere. Um you know, we'll just sort of have to wait and see. At the end of the day, you know, we've had some conversations with like Hugh and, uh, you know, he's totally, you know, it's he, he understands that it's a business and, you know, he's he's not too down about it. He's going to keep on keeping on. He's over in Europe right now doing he's going to do a, a backyard footy from Europe, which is kind of crazy. Nice. So. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you haven't heard the end of Hugh Roberts. I would love to get him back on the show just to. I mean, the one time we had him on and we just talked about sort of development of soccer and youth soccer and all of that, um, we're going to keep doing that because he's just a great talk. So, um, yeah, but uh, we will miss seeing him on the field. I guess, guys, anything else about sort of the lineup that either strikes you or doesn't strike you or anything else we can sort of draw from it at this point? Noah Frankie. That one surprises me that he's coming back like that. The, all the other names on that list, I, I can think of back and think of instances where it was, you know, they were, they were clutch and that I understand the, th- the thinking process. No, Frankie is one of those words. Like, yeah, he had some flashes, but nothing major. I I'm glad he's coming back. I'm no disrespect to him. I just, out of all the names, I feel like that's the one where I'm like, huh? Okay, cool. I, I don't know what coaches see. Like, he doesn't get enough playing time for me to really know what to, to expect from him. Yeah, he, what he had five starts last season, eight total matches played, and played a total of 400 minutes. Um, so, you know, to give you an idea, like Kerr played well more than double that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we really didn't see much of uh, of Noah Frankie at all. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. That, that's what I'm just surprised to see him coming back. I, I don't know. Yeah, everybody else that's coming back were essentially starters, um, except for Kerr, who obviously was hurt, and Morton, who was hurt for a while. But before that, they both saw a ton of playing time. So yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. Um, I felt that the time that Frankie was on the field, he showed flashes of of really good stuff. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, and I think you know what I'm sort of looking forward to at this point is talking to Tuffy. It sounds like you know coach really hasn't taken any time off at all so it feels like there are other people that he probably already has in mind to sort of fill some of these gaps and to see you know who it is that we start signing next is going to be very very interesting the hounds were the first team to announce who was coming back next year across all of the usl after the hounds announced there were a few other teams that started you know leaking out news of who they were bringing back and it was you know one player here two players there i think nashville was bringing back close to 11 but i can't remember if it was 11 as well Hmm. um but yeah the hounds were definitely johnny on the spot this year getting it done early so um 
here's, some, here's a little good. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just going to say, for some reason, I thought... Now, I, I, I can't find where any of this information was, but I could have swore that we had signed all these players to two-year options. So one year playing the two-year options. But I could not find any evidence of this. I think I might have just been crazy and forgot. <laughs> but it was all one-year options. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of surprising that this was the first time we've ever had one-year options on everyone. And this is what we see, 11 players coming back, which is probably the first time we've ever had this many players coming back. Yeah. I remember we had the conversation because I think there was a press release that went out and said something like three-year deals for all of these players. And we were like, what? And then I remember we talked about it, and I think Tuffy actually messaged me, and he was like, no, 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 it's a one-year deal with a one-year option. Okay. Um, So maybe that's where I got it from. Yeah. No, there was absolutely something that was put out last year that said that and then sort of went back and corrected that. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, So, yeah, it's... Here's a little trivia question. I'm looking at some of the stats last season with, like, games played, uh, minutes played, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll ask you two things. Give me the top three players from last season who had the most minutes. Who's going first? Me? Uh, can I just guess one? Because I know it's, it's Tommy Vanco- <laughs> or Tommy V. I know he's definitely yeah. one of them. Greenspan, maybe, is another one? No? Nope. Okay. Bunky Seal is number one. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Are we, is this is this of like the people who are returning, or is this on the entire roster? Entire roster. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Green, Greenspan was eighth last season in minutes played. All right. Uh, so Dan Lynn. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Francois. Yep. Nope. You got Vonky Azil. You have two more. Yeah, Dover. Well, Dover. Yep. Oh yeah, duh. yeah, that makes sense. Was Dover Dover's two or three? three? Dover three. was three, so there's somebody who had more minutes. But okay, oh man, um, is it is it Samansky? No, nope, no, it's not Brett, is it? Nope. Ah. Okay, <laughs> just tell us <laughs> who it is. Don't, I don't tell me it's is it Parks? No. Nope. Who is it's Forbes? It's Canardo Forbes. Oh, uh, okay. really? Yep. I saw for like, some yeah. reason Forbes didn't start a lot. Or at the very, very beginning of the season, I thought yeah, he was. At the beginning, he didn't play. And then, and then, so, so here's my second question. Other than the goalkeepers, there was only two players last season that got that. That sorry, there was only two players last season that never got subbed off in any game. Who were they? And they weren't keepers. And they weren't keepers. Well, I mean, there are keepers, but I'm excluding them. Oh, man. No clue whatsoever. This one, I have, like, I, I want to say Tommy V again, but I'm going to be yep. wrong. It is yep. Tommy V? Bunk, okay, cool. Bonky Zill had over 3,000 minutes last season, 33 starts, 34 games played, and was never subbed off. No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, though. Okay, so that's, uh, Tommy V is legit. Is the second <laughs> one, is the second one somebody that always started, or could this be that they were subbed in and then just played the last 30 minutes? No, they this this person had twenty starts and and played twenty five, so five off the bench and started twenty times. Is it Dover? Nope. Oh man, um, Greenspan. Nope. Just tell us. <laughs> oh, we're not gonna know. <laughs> it was it was uh, Dabo. Dabo. Dabo was never subbed off. <sighs> I feel yeah. like there were times that. Dabo got. I I must have been imagining yeah. that. I mean, it's no, interesting d- because like I can understand a defender because a defender I, they don't get winded as much as a forward or a midfielder. So the fact that Dabo as a midfielder yeah didn't get subbed off that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, 
No, it's it's crazy. No, and yeah, so Dabo had approximately the same number of minutes that Greenspan had. Um, huh. So yeah, Dabo was pretty big last season. Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny too because I've mentioned this before, but I still feel like he's sort of that. He he's playing that holding midfield role to a T, where you just don't notice him as much. Like you don't really. T- he's just doing his job, cleaning up work, moving the ball forward, and that's it. And you know, it's not the highlights. Well, aside from that one goal that he got that was like 20 yards out and he ripped it in front of the Steel Army. But beyond that, you know, the holding midfielder just sort of cleans things up and thank you, sir. May I have another? And that's it. So, yeah. Well, you know, that's our thoughts on sort of the roster. Let us know if there were any surprises um, that, you know, really struck you either one way or another in terms of who we brought back or who we didn't bring back. And, you know, if there's somebody out there that you think would be a really cool signing, let us know. And that's something we can talk about. Um, And we've talked about, you know, there was a lot of questions this weekend at the piece on the pitch of, uh, hey, are you guys going to keep doing stuff weekly through the offseason? And, and, you know, could you please keep doing stuff weekly during the offseason? So, yeah, we're going to keep doing stuff weekly through the offseason. You know, we might take a break here and there for holidays or whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, we're going to try to talk to a lot of different people. Um, So, again, if there's someone in particular you'd like us to talk to, let us know. Uh, We have some names already lined up of people that we want to talk to, and we're just sort of – you know, pulling the strings on the back end to see if we can get them on and the timing and all of that. But uh, we're looking forward to keep talking about stuff because it seems like there's constantly news coming out. Um, the other the other thing that Tuffy sort of slid out there, I don't know if you guys saw, but the they got a special order sweatshirt mm-hmm. that there's a limited edition of. I think they got it from Sweden. Yeah. Um, and it's a hockey-type sweatshirt. Kev, did you see this? I have, yeah. It looks beautiful. Um, it's it's a hoodie. It has sort of the the lace up collar, but like it has a massive Hounds logo on the front, um, and it is a limited edition thing. So if you're interested in it, you need to head over and get it now. I don't know if there's still any available. <laughs> Let's say you might be pimping out it. Probably it's already yeah, gone. I mean, it might uh, be gone already. I know they didn't have them in the store, but I don't think they were going to sell them in the store to begin with. Uh, but yeah, that was one cool thing. Was they able to go into the the store and see all the the merch that they had already and there's already some cool stuff um so yeah it's it's looking good yeah so that's that i guess the only other bit of news that we have on our end is that um i don't know if you notice this coach pulisic has a new podcast uh called soccer unplugged the first episode is out there and he basically sits down with uh dan visser and they go through really coaches entire backstory sort of you know growing up uh, how he played, where he went to play, the, the you know having a family, raising the family, playing, traveling, all that stuff. So, if you're interested in sort of the backstory of of coach and sort of you know how he got to where he is, that's a fantastic episode. And I they just announced the second episode, um, but go over check it out. Soccer Unplugged, I believe it's on iTunes now, and he mentioned trying to get it on a couple different places after that. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Kevin, I think you mentioned Dortmund has football unplugged, so that's sort of a, a wink and a nod to to Dortmund's um, podcast. Did you confirm that's a podcast or it was just? I don't like think a, it's a podcast. I think I think it was a it was like a twenty minute video on YouTube titled "Football Unplugged." So okay, close cool. enough, close <laughs> enough indeed. <laughs> Guys, I guess anything else for this show? Kevin's giving me the thumbs. Holy cow, your thumb bends really weird. <laughs> Sorry. Great audio uh, uh, I content know. right well, now. Kevin's giving me a thumbs up, and like I know that like we have like a family history of like like weird finger bends, but his like 
it literally goes up to like the first joint and then like bends like an L. Like it's it's kind of <laughs> creepy looking. I feel like you need to take a picture of that and that should be like the cover art for this show. No, I we're really good. want it to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Next time Kevin's here in person, ask him to give you a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> which we need to start scheduling when that will be. Um, looking forward to well you know it's going to be a little while the usl now going full usl championship league one league two in terms of branding um we probably won't get a schedule until a few months from now i'm getting a little too antsy for that i want more news (laughs) Uh, all right let's wrap this up um thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to mls usl and us soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com if you're looking for more great usl news head over to uslnews.com check out all the great articles and podcasts that are there and part of the pgn family we are still adding more shows even though the season is over so keep an eye out for that um setting up more pages and stuff today you can follow us on Twitter at Mongols and at WoolMongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one, and we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. <laughs>